Before the Europeans came to Australia in 1788, it is now estimated that there were approximately 600 Aboriginal groupings. And these groups all had their own distinct dialects and individual cultural identities. I personally actually think that we don't have anywhere near the understanding of the culture of the Aboriginal society going way back in history. And uh, because of that, we have invited Ingrid Cumming, who is Curtin's cultural advisor, joining us here this afternoon. Ingrid, good afternoon to you. Kaya, Jenny, how are you today? Ingrid, fine, thank you very much. And how after the week, last week, NADOC's week, what, how do you think it went? Oh, look, it, it was so... It was a little sad because we had obviously a bit of restrictions and some things had to be get uh, cancelled, but look, a lot of things still went on. We still celebrated and reflected on, on heel country and what that means to us as, as all Australians, uh, what that means for us. So, you know, it was a wonderful um, theme uh, to, to celebrate this year and I'm ready for a holiday, I reckon. (laughs) No, look, do you know, I don't know whether it's my imagination or not, um, or whether it's because I'm here at Curtin that I'm aware of the cultural interest more so in our history, in our, you know, founding fathers like yourselves, I suppose. Um, But uh, it seems to me that there is a lot more interest. Would you consider that to be the case? I think so. I think here in my role as cultural advisor, it's been so wonderful to see staff and students in our outside community embrace the kind of cultural programming that we offer, you know, and the questions that people ask and, and how we can indigenise our curriculum. So definitely from a current perspective, it's, uh, it's growing and growing more every day and certainly in the, in the wider public and population to, to see people embracing our First Nations people and culture and history. Um, it just wasn't like that when I was in no. general, I'll be honest. We only had European history and English history, to be very honest with you. And so now we're really having to start to understand, you know, what you guys went through back all that time ago. And it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fascinating. But we really do need to understand the cultures from back then and how they've been carried through. First of all, the most important thing, Ingrid, is yourself. You are a Woodjuk Noongar woman, are you, from Fremantle? That's right. Well, you love is where I was born on the song line of the Dwerda, of the Dingo, and um, you know, my, my non-Indigenous heritage, I've actually got Russian and English family. So I'm, I'm known as Gosh. the Black Russian, which is very oh. good. <laughs> it's a good drink. <laughs> it is. I enjoy one. Not this time of the day. <laughs> later in the afternoon. <laughs> we really would love to speak to you about the cultural awareness. And there's the cultural awareness wheel that's been used as a process of introduction to the history and the diversities of the Aboriginal people. And the history in general, which we just touched on, and I think a lot of people are working out a lot more how important it was and how far back it goes. My gosh, what are we talking 40,000 years or something? Oh, look, 40,000, 60,000, depending on the area we're talking about. It's, yeah. it's an incredibly long time and with all the different changes and impacts we've seen over time to, to still be very strong and very much here is, is wonderful. And uh, look, here at Curtin, we offer you know both our staff and students on country, on campus tours. We'll have to have you along sometime, Jenny, for yeah. a walk and... We, we let you know about the song lines through this country, the coal supermarket, you know, all just worrying about toilet paper. <laughs> you all the local, and there's an abundant toilet paper at your disposal. So what, what we like to do is give you a bit of an introduction and connection to country. Yeah. Um, uh, because seeing this place from two different narratives, I think that's what we're trying to do more widely across 
this nation is that they're two very important um, yeah. histories and stories and bringing them together is, is the way we go forward in reconciliation. Without a doubt. I mean, your culture is not our culture, obviously, because we've got the English background, that sort of thing, but we can embrace and understand you so much more so. Look, I've, I've said this many times, went to New Zealand a couple of years ago and they had the most magnificent um, Maori uh, cultural centre. It was phenomenal and mm. hopefully that's what we need, well, we will get, because that's what I think we need here. Well, the incredible Marion Faulkner, my, my very good friend and mentor from uh, the Committee for Perth, um, she's worked with Uncle Richard Wally, and they're talking about, you know, why don't we have a sort of world-renowned um, cultural hub here um, in, in Boorooloo in Perth? Um, so more and more we're starting to see these things pop up. Yeah. We've got a, a Bush University campus actually down at Nownut run by the incredible uh, elder Eugene Eves, who's our elder in residence down there. And, you know, we're sort of showcasing more and more the Western world and the Indigenous world coming together. Um, but, you know, Jenny, it, it, it's one of those things, you say that it's not your culture, but we believe, you know, our ancestors don't discriminate. They don't care about your skin colour or they don't even care if you're an Eagle supporter. We'll still love you and accept you, being a doctor's girl. Me too. Good head, heart, spirit, you know, and yeah. good intention we want to share. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we're on about. And the whole thing about this too is the interest that modern day people like yourself are so interested in your culture from way back when. Where it's not unusual for other countries around the world to maintain their cultural traditions. That's right. That's yeah. right. And even even the new kind of technology like digitising Noongar knowledge, I worked on a project called Noongarpedia, which is the first ever Aboriginal bilingual Wikipedia page in history. And I went to Sweden a couple of years ago to present um, on how we built that. And it was a lot about the listening, the niche, the talking and the listening with our elders, making sure they were comfortable. And now you can actually access this Noongarpedia where you can learn wow. a lot about Noongar people and culture and, and the community were part of building it. And it's that kind of innovation that will see the culture, you know, continue long into the future. Okay, there are certain things I think that we, we do see occasionally your cultural um, events that you have and probably not fully understand what it's about. But first of all, how many groupings are there within Western Australia, Ingrid? So WA has around 93 different Aboriginal nations. So we don't look at it like one nation. <laughs> There's a little joke in that. We see it like uh, a continent like Europe. There are hundreds of different nations just in the state alone. Um, within our country in the southwest, we actually have 14 dialects. So Langwangi Nijabujara, I speak the language of or the dialect of this Perth area. But when I go down to Albany, there's actually a little bit of difference. So have you ever gone to um, like Italy or Spain or anything, Jenny? Yeah, different different dialects they do. Different dialects, yeah. yeah. So same thing here. Same yeah. thing here. Good, very good point. Okay, the Aboriginal concept of family and community, the extended family, that's important, is it not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, family isn't just your your blood. It's um, the extended family through something we call a kinship system. So they're four different of what we call skin. They haven't got anything to do with the actual skin, but the skin or the, the groupings. Yeah. Uh, they're um, Naganuk, Balaruk, Didaruk and Tundaruk. And depending on which group you're in, um, it, it tells you who are not just your blood relations, but your relationships through those skin groups yeah. and your responsibilities and rights. Um, as a person for that skin group in that area representing your family and country. So it's, um, it's all about um, connection with other people, knowing your place and knowing your role, and everyone putting in that one percenter to make sure that um, the community run uh, as efficiently, as sustainably and happily as possible. Yeah. The, the size of the groupings back before we had the Europeans uh, arrive here, um, were they big groups? 
It's hard to say, Jenny, because, I mean, obviously at the time we were an, an oral um, uh, transmissible culture. We, we didn't have the written word. Um, so the people who recorded uh, this information were uh, the other or the one, the strangers. So we have to kind of rely a lot on the non-Indigenous narrative of the time. Yeah. Um, and that obviously can be contentious, obviously, from time to time. So... Um, they, they weren't massive groups like we see population density today, but they, they yeah. certainly were big enough um, to sustain, you know, um, uh, you know communities and, and areas and, and their role as custodians to look after the place. So were each of these groups um, sort of ownership in a certain area of the country or did they keep moving? So there's some fantastic maps um, where, you know, again, the non-Indigenous narrative were very important, things like retaining this kind of knowledge and, and language as well. Um, so when they first got here, they met particular leaders of the different areas, particularly of, of the Perth region or the Wajuk region. Um, and those particular leaders uh, were um, the ones that they would liaise with uh, obviously in the first contact. So, and you'll see evidence of that even today. So Belia, uh, Belia was one of those people and you see that represented in our place names today. Yelagonga was another one going up to the north. Um, I'm just trying to think of the other ones off the top of my head, but I can't. So yeah. all these, I can send you the mappings anyway, but there was all these sort of um, leaders, but they always went to the men. They didn't realise that there was really strong gender parity um, mm. or gender equity. Uh, so the women leaders were as important as the men leaders. So um, <laughs> That's still a problem today. Yeah, well, you know, we could get into that, couldn't we? But um, so the, I guess a lot of the women's stories haven't been highly recognised, but um, more and more that is happening. We're seeing Fanny Bulbuck recognised now um, in the WA Women's Hall of Fame this year, which was fantastic to recognise her story uh, as, as a resistance leader in the early yeah. colony. What about when we listen and enjoy Welcome to Country? How was that carried out back years ago? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying them because that's how you're supposed to feel. It's an opportunity yeah. for a little bit, I guess the best way I can explain it is when you go to another country, the first thing you kind of do is you go through, I guess you go through immigration, don't you? You let people know who you are and your intent, what, you know, how long you're going to be there. And then those people share with you the different laws or the different places to go, how to stay safe on their country. And that's really what a welcome to country is about. It's about an opportunity for us to introduce you to not only the locals, but also to the spirits of country to make sure that you have the safest and best um I guess time possible right. uh, when you're on country. So it's and and we want you to feel a sense of connection um, because that's how we know you know those uh, cultures and ideals will be respected and and that's how we can come together and connect as well by sharing in the beautiful culture and and yeah. spirit of this. Would that have been used that welcome from another group coming towards a group? You would welcome them that way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's things like message sticks as well. So the different iconographies, you may have noticed over the years, Jenny, where the different areas have different iconography and that's a, an identifier of the place that you've come from. So there was exchange of things like gifts, um, the trade that used to occur as well. But when someone would come uh, from, say, Yamaji country up in Geraldton and you know, come down to Nyungar country, there would be a respectful exchange of, of passage, basically. Yeah. And that's where the welcome history comes from. What about marriage? Uh, was there an arrangement, do you know, in marriage? Because you wouldn't, have, would, wouldn't want to have intermarriage within the same group. No, I think, and that's where the skin grouping systems is, is brilliant because it's actually a really effective way to make sure that you're not marrying your own. So okay. um, different Aboriginal groups uh, have different skin group systems as well and the number of groups. 
So it's all it's it's really dependent on where you are. Here in Yungar country, you know, um, things like arranged marriages and things like that, they're a contentious issue to be discussed. But um, there was there was nothing of um, ill intent. You know, if you were a child, that's what you would be. And it wasn't until you were of age that you would be married up with another person. And you couldn't marry a certain skin group because of the close proximity to, of a possible connection. Um, so this, this this system is is a fantastic way yeah. for you to know who you can and can't marry and where you fit. So making sure you're not. If you were if you were in one group as a male or a female and you were to marry outside that group into another group, did you did they you had to cross paths with them eventually to meet up with them? Wouldn't you have to do that? that yeah, that's right. And, and you know, there was you know there was serious punishment for marrying outside of the particular system. Um, there's a really great story about the Ninyan or the echidna of how he got his spikes and um, it was down to a, um, a wrong way marriage, what they call it, and the punishment was the spearing of the young man and that's how um, the echidna, uh, where the story of the echidna comes from. These days, in, in modern day, my husband, he's a non-Indigenous man, I married a Tasmanian Jenny because <laughs> I knew for sure he wouldn't be related. Um, <laughs> so he was far enough away. Um, being a collab, we're related to everybody. Um, but these days, my family respect him as a good man and, you know, he, um, I'm a Tundurak, so he would be um, the, the honorary Naganak, he would be respected as that would be the skin group that he should come from. Um, and then that gives him a sense of connection and understanding of where he fits in the family um, as a Wajla, as an Indigenous man. Now, what about men's and women's business? Mm, so I can't talk about men's business because it's men's business and oh, okay. men can't talk about women's business. So okay. um, my husband learnt early on that touching my, um, my ngala ngala, my women's stick um, comes with a punishment. It, it, it's it's a um, you're not allowed to touch women's things. You're not allowed to go to women's places. They are to be respected for mm. women to have their own unique space. And same goes for men. So that was the gender parity stuff I was alluding to. There's neutral spaces, but there's also men and women's spaces for things like initiation or ceremonial healing ceremonies and things like that. So, are you talking about physical um, locations, not um, intrusive into their th- women's or men's thoughts, into each other's thoughts or what they were planning to do, that sort of thing? Wow, that's philosophical. I love how you get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so physical spaces, yeah. Yes. So, um, not far from Curtin, actually, there is um, a men's site, which obviously I can't talk about or you know, even, um, even indicate, but... Uh, women know that there's a certain area that is respected as a men's space and we wouldn't go there. So when we do our cultural tours here at Curtin, we we don't go to gender-specific sites to protect our participants to make sure. Here on Curtin campus, there's no... um, there's no specific men or women's sites. It is a, it's a gender-neutral site here at Curtin with two song lines, so it's a safe place for all of us to come and learn and connect. Um, but, yeah, so men and women's business, um, you yeah, know, there's just some yeah. things that... Respect. ...gender need to respect of each other. Um, but there's also spaces for them to come together and share as well. So what about today, just finally, today we'll come back and do another day, if you don't mind, on other areas. I would love to, Jenny. You, I'm, I'm fangirl with you. I've grown up watching you. Oh, have you? I just love yarning to you. <laughs> oh, that is so gorgeous. I know kids that used to watch the children's show when they were about three or yep. four, and now they're 45 with grandchildren themselves. <laughs> I'm in that realm. You're a there you go. Do, you know, the, this, the areas that you're just talking about, do Aboriginal men of, of today, do they carry out these uh, cultures? Well, the men, again, I can't really speak on behalf of the women, but no, uh, the, the men, we- but the women, the women definitely yep. say, 
We do, we're, and there's more and more programs, whether it be here at Curtin or through you know, amazing organisations like the Langford Aboriginal Association who, who, who create safe spaces for women and their children and their grannies to come together to do healing. Um, the Sister Kate Foundation, uh, uh, TJ out there with their new healing centre they're building, more and more these spaces, and they're not just for us, Bob. They're for everybody, um, yeah. and I think the healing... Going back to the theme of Madoc Heal Country, the healing of ourselves is important to be able to do the healing of country work. So, mm. and and that that's going to take all of us, Jenny, me, you, everybody. It is, and and I think we're on on the track. I really do. I think yeah. it's going to take bigger steps, but I'm sure we're going to get there. The more understanding we have, it breaks down all those silly barriers that uh, people put up because they just have never understood before. That's for sure. That's right. And allies like you, Jenny, by just doing this little chat on the radio and bringing, you know, this awareness to the listeners is, yeah. is a beautiful way to do it. So thank you for being an ally in that, that journey. Absolutely, Ingrid. Great to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jenny Budawan. <laughs> Great lady. Uh, Ingrid Cumming, a Noongar Cultural Advisor here at Curtin University. Mm-hmm.